What's going on, FA Nation? Dan Malin back once again for the two-minute drill recapping week nine. I am joined by Mike Alexander. Mike, how are you on this fine week? Everybody had a big week in DFS. Yeah, it was a good week. You know, if you if you got Dalvin Cook in there, uh, you were golden out of the gate, and only 55% of people did that in their cash games. So I guess there's still an edge to be had out there. Yeah, I had a lot of Cook. Uh, I had no Justin Jackson. I was happy to dodge that bullet. I had a lot of Jerry Judy. So uh, pretty profitable day for me. I also think you had a pretty good week with the MMA playbook, right? Yeah, uh, MMA was 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 pretty decent. Uh, you know, our own. I think I think it was Rick Wolf posted a lineup uh, in a head to uh, double up. Uh, you know, dipped his toes in the MMA waters and nice. doubled his money. So nice. That could be you. <laughs> <laughs> it could be you. Uh, but we'll we'll recap some of the big news. Uh, this wasn't really news Sunday afternoon coming out of the game. Christian McCaffrey was getting looked at on the sidelines in the rib, collarbone, shoulder area. Uh, he's now considered day-to-day as of Monday afternoon, Matt Rule. There, it doesn't seem like he'll play in Week 10. I think they are awaiting further results just to see what his status is going forward. But this is a team that if Christian McCaffrey is out Week 10, which is kind of already a tough matchup as it is against Tampa Bay, but this is also a team with a Week 13 bye. So we're p- potentially looking at being without Christian McCaffrey for two of the next four weeks. If you're a fringe playoff team fighting to make the playoffs, and I included this in the Hot Takes article I did uh, earlier today, are you dealing Christian McCaffrey if you're fighting for a shot to make it into the playoffs? Because week 13 is the final week of the regular season for most fantasy owners, and that's a tough week to be without your best player. I had this discussion a couple of weeks ago with some some people looking for some advice, and they were saying, you know, how do I get another running back? I'm missing CMC. My advice was shop CMC, and that they were like, "Oh, that seems backwards." I was like, "No, you're going to get two good players back, so you know you're going to trade on that name value. Um, you don't know what he's going to be like when he gets back. Well, you know, we saw this weekend he, he's probably going to be pretty good when he gets back, but now you know you lose him for another week. You know, there's just a lot of unknowns. If you could get two solid players, um, you know, if you're a fringe team, CMC is maybe not what is going to carry you there. You're, you're probably going to need to. You know, get like a Will Fuller type and somebody else, you know, he's probably going to have to be a running back at least coming back your way. Like but James Conner? Yeah, like James Conner would not be a hard get right now, but he has upside. Um, maybe a Chris Carson if he comes back healthy. There you go. You know, that, that, that's the kind of chance you have to take if you're, if you're looking down the barrel. Uh, Dalvin Cook had another huge game for over 200 rushing yards. We touched on him at the beginning, how he was a, a DFS gem once again, despite the price tag. Uh, 200 rushing yards, two scores. Sadly, uh, for Week 10, he's not on the DraftKings main slate. Um, but how do you feel about Dalvin Cook uh, for season-long fantasy? Because his schedule in the playoffs, it does get pretty tough. Is this guy, is he just matchup-proof? I'm going to pull up the schedule real quick. I wouldn't say matchup-proof just because that team, uh, their defense has been so bad they can get – in some sticky spots with an offense that can't really catch up, but they have shown in, you know, they're not dead in the water. They got Justin Jefferson who can make plays. Adam Thielen's always, you know, solid. And when Kirk Cousins doesn't completely <clears throat> crap the bed, um, things can happen for him. Uh, you know, but it's, it's the, the desire above all things to get Dalvin cook going for that mm-hmm. offense is why he's, he's kind of matchup proof. You know, it's the most projectable volume out there if he's not injured. Yeah, so Week 10, they do have uh, next Monday night in primetime. They will be in Chicago to play the Bears. 
relatively tough game, but he should be able to at least find the end zone in that one. Then he gets the Cowboys, Panthers, and Jaguars. All those games will be at home. Great schedule. But then for weeks 14, 15, 16, the crucial playoff weeks, he's got the Bucks, Bears again, and then the Saints. So some tough matchups on the horizon for the playoffs. Uh, I mean, you can't really try to sell high because, like, honestly, what are you going to get for him? But, you know, we'll look to the future of the league now. Uh, Tua Tugungo-Vailoa bounced back with a pair of touchdowns and almost 250 passing yards. I think he did add about 35 rushing yards as well. He looked great. Uh, very shifty in the pocket. Didn't seem limited at all, which is kind of surprising because last week he was only attempted 22 passes. And this was a game where the Dolphins were without five assistant coaches. Uh, I think the team had to shut down facilities Friday and Saturday due to extra COVID testing. And they just didn't really seem to get like a full week of practice in. And so despite all that, in, a, in, a, in his first road start, he looked really good against the Arizona Cardinals. Right, for sure. And I actually had dropped him in a league where I, I was carrying an extra quarterback. He was it. And it was you know, holding out hope that when he got the, the chance, he'd be lightning in a bottle. Yeah, made made a one-week snap decision. That was probably a mistake. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think that the, over, the overwhelming sense I get, though, is that they don't want to take chances as a team. You know, they, they want to play a tight game. They're hoping the defense is going to be good enough to keep them in games. Um, the defense has been really, really good. Yeah, it's been good all year. Um, it showed some signs <clears throat> late last year, and, and you know they, they did some things to improve themselves. So right. um, they're they're a nice little DFS gem if they're if they're priced down, uh, especially like to go against the Rams. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the ball in this exact same game, uh, Kyler Murray went nuclear. Uh, four total touchdowns, uh, three of which were passing. Two hundred eighty-three passing yards. Uh, over 100 rushing yards. So if you played him in DFS, you got that bonus. Um, despite the heavy workload of 28 touches, Chase Edmonds didn't do very much in yesterday's game. Can we expect, obviously we can expect something like this almost every week from Kyler Murray. He has no problem taking the game into his hands and running it if he needs to. Um, I don't think he's the greatest passer by any means, uh, but in terms of fantasy, he's giving you value with the, with his legs because it feels like he could run a touchdown or touchdown or two in every week. But what do we? How do we feel about Chase Edmonds? I mean, he he the price was so good in DFS, and and I had him in a lot of places, and the return wasn't terrible. But at the same time, you know, twenty eight touches, and I think he he on twenty five carries, he only had like seventy yards, so that was a bit of a, a buzzkill. Right, they they were just kind of out of the gate that the Cardinals that is a, a little bit off, um, and Kyler, you know, put him on the on his back, and that's why that performance shines. But the it, it's always been the risk with with Arizona uh, running backs is that you know, Kyler has kind of become the goal line back uh, in, in a Josh Allen esque way. You know, yeah. it's, if they're good, good between point. the twenties, and uh, if they don't break one off uh, before they get down into that green zone. Um, you know, there's a good chance they, they get vultured by their quarterback. So that's, that's a tough thing to, to have a, you know, it's already hard enough to score a touchdown um, for a guy that's not a Derrick Henry or a Dalvin cook that, you know, is just going to get fed the ball so many times. Um, and and uh, people were using Edmonds in their cash lineups. And, you know, to me, that was a big risk because of exactly what happened. Hindsight's 2020, but um, you know, one of those one of those outside factors, like, oh, it's going to be a good game and he should do well, but you have to kind of think about how the game could play out. Volume was there, production was not. Uh, do you think the Cardinals made the right call in kicking the field goal? I actually was kind of screaming at the TV that I thought they should have just gone for it and went for the win. 
You know, I, I think that is usually the, the better play. Uh, you're, when, when you get yourself into that area that you can score, um, it's so hard to get there again. Uh, and, you know, the numbers usually do say that that gives you a, a slightly higher win percentage. I don't have the, a breakdown for what happened in front of me, but you know, it's the same thing of, like, going for two early, the whole, that whole debate, or kicking the field goal. Um, on fourth down when you need, you know, 10 points. Like, no, you should get the touchdown first because it's really hard to get back to the end zone. You can Mm -hmm. kick a field goal from 40, 50 yards, no problem. Um, You know, and and you say, well, if they don't get that fourth down touchdown, then everything is is for naught. But um, you got to have a little bit of a a boldness to your game. In Buffalo, Josh Allen reaped the benefits of playing the Seattle Seahawks. He threw for over 400 yards, three touchdowns. He also ran one in as well. Uh, really nice bounce back game because I know a lot of people have been a little bit skeptical of his performance of late. Got off to a huge uh, start at the beginning of the year. Cooled off a little bit. He did have some wishy-washy games that are easily forgettable. Uh, but this this is how you get back in the good graces of your fantasy managers. Um, and is this just a byproduct of the matchup or is it because he had John Brown back? A little bit of both. And with John Brown back and healthy, does this mean that Cole Beasley is droppable? Uh, if you had Cole Beasley rostered prior to the John Brown in- injury, then I would be keeping him. You know, his role is exactly the same. He's kind of like their version of a tight end. Uh, yeah, it's it's been really sporadic who, who gets targets in that offense, uh, you know, besides Stephon Diggs. Um and part of that has been injuries and things, but yeah, I, I think the obviously playing the Seahawks is a, is a great thing because you have to keep the pedal to the metal when when you're ahead of them. Uh, if you're trailing them, you you're obviously are, are chasing really hard, and their defense will allow you to score points. So um, you know, they, but they get the Cardinals next, so that's again an intriguing matchup for me against a defense that's okay in Arizona, but but not great, and is going to run a ton of plays. So you're going to get Josh Allen more opportunities to, to do what he's been doing. Yeah, it's definitely another uh, smash spot for both Arizona and Buffalo next week. Going to be a great game. Uh, we'll talk about the Sunday night game. I don't know why, but I mean, you know, everyone loves to talk about a dumpster fire. The Bucks certainly looked like one. Uh, I did. I went to bed before halftime. It was just looking Same. so bad. <laughs> um, Honestly, the, the fourth touchdown, I was like, <clears throat> This is great. I'm going to get some sleep. <laughs> uh, but I even think, like, the actual game itself, I think it ended at around 11.15. So it was actually one of the shorter football yeah. games that we've ever seen this year, at least. Uh, but they looked like hot garbage. Nobody really had a good game in this game for fantasy, except for maybe Drew Brees. Well, yeah, definitely Drew Brees. Um, but how concerned are you as, you know, Tampa Bay has kind of loaded up their offense with weapons. You know, they've, they've added Gronk. They added Antonio Brown. Uh, I think just before the season, there, right as the season was started, they added Leonard, Leonard Fournette. Like there are, there are a ton of mouths to feed. I'm deeply concerned about Mike Evans. I think I only own him in one league, though. But I mean, aside from Tom Brady, like how do we feel about these guys for fantasy? Because it doesn't seem like it's gonna really. I, I think the in general, everybody had about five or six targets, but that's not really great for where you drafted guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and. Evans' production when Chris Godwin's been out has been well-documented. But how do you feel about Tampa Bay right now? The thing that was concerning to me is that 
they've been the struggles have mainly come on the road and when they weren't in a in a dome like they you know they were on the road in las vegas but that's a climate control palace out there so um you know they had a great time uh but yeah this was a home game you know maybe maybe because it was a night game i don't know it's hard to say why they were so flat um the rest of the way their schedule isn't they've got a lot of home games they visit the falcons they visit the lions those are both domes I, I don't I, I think it's an interesting buy low opportunity on anybody uh, on that offense if you had a mind to go get them you know Mike Evans might be a tough get because he's scoring touchdowns but I think his owners are realistic probably about oh, scoring touchdowns from like two yards out though yeah you know and it's it's like he's got one catch you know for nine yards and a touchdown like not really been the smash he had a two two and two stat line earlier in this year yeah so you know I, I most of them are going to be aware of that. You know, maybe the guy that overbid on Antonio Brown is all of a sudden like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Maybe you could get him for a discount. Godwin, you know, uh, if you wanted to take the shot. Rojo, Leonard Fournette, you know, in the right game script, they could have some value. And, and Brady, if you're in any kind of two-quarterback league. Um, yeah, after that performance, uh, his his price got cut in half probably. You're not worried about the Bucks defense? I'm not. No, you know, it's it's. I think they were overperforming a little bit, um, you know, a, a lot probably relating to coaching, but I, I think it probably gets fixed. Cool. Uh, looking forward to Week 10, what game catches your eye or what, what matchup are you looking forward to the most? I'm, I'm going to uh, let, let my my Kelly Green Eagles colors fly here. I'm, I'm actually excited to see the Eagles come out of their bye, uh, get a Giants defense that's been exploitable. They've got people getting healthy, you know, um, Dallas Goddard should be, you know, feeling pretty good. He's been uh, back on the practice field. You got Miles Sanders, um, Jalen Rager, you know, scored a touchdown in his game back. And hopefully the offensive line has some sense of semblance. I, I, you know, it's hard to say exactly where the line is at any given point for the Eagles, but um, just, just that continuity can go a really long way, even with guys who are replacements. You know, you're, the, the communication is really more what it's about. These guys can mm-hmm. all – play a little bit they're all big men they're all strong people it's it's you know who who's got what happens if two people blitz you know that blocking responsibilities that that's where a a mishmash offensive line has its biggest struggles so um i think they they could have a nice potential to score and they've burned me on that a few times this year so take everything i say about philadelphia with a grain of salt I want to know what's really weird about next week's schedule. And I'm looking at ESPN, and I understand that they could flex some games around and move them around. They currently only have five 1 o'clock games listed and six 4 p.m. Eastern time games listed. Yeah, somebody mentioned that. Uh, it's going to make for an interesting split. Now, that's one of those things where it's it's like if you have a guy that's playing in the 1 o'clock games, that's questionable, but your replacements are in the 4 o'clock games. Like, that's good. Because at yeah. least if the guy's out, you, you can swap him out. But, I mean... That, that's kind of like a good news, bad news thing, because I, I'd be surprised if they didn't flex more games to uh, 1 o'clock, like even Chargers, Miami, that's currently at 4.05. That could get flexed. Uh, maybe San Francisco, New Orleans. I guess I'll stop rambling on about the schedule because that's not the sexiest thing that we could talk about. But, Mike, <laughs> thank you so much uh, for your time. Uh, we'll go enjoy possibly the greatest Monday night football game ever that's happening as of right now between – the uh, Patriots and Jets. But, Mike, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you in Week 10, and best of luck to the FA Nation.